When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco. So great to be here with you. Um, We're going to shake things up a little bit this week. Joining me in just a moment will be Rick Edelman. Rick is a renowned financial advisor. He is an investor. He is the author of, I believe, a dozen books and uh, spent many, many years on radio. And he's now the host of the Truth About Your Future podcast. And he'll be with me in just a second. You'll also hear from Sherry Marson, our Lifestyle Watch contributor. And Sherry's going to be with Ariel Ashford. Ariel is the founder and owner of a brand new non-alcoholic and vegan restaurant just outside of Philadelphia here in Maniunk. And as always, you'll hear from our military inventor, excuse me, veterans contributor, Carol Eggert from Comcast NBC Universal, and a beautiful spot from our partner, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So now I'm very Honored and excited to welcome to the show, Rick Edelman. It's great to be with you, Sue. Thank you. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for being here. I I was thinking when you were watching the Open, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) That thought occurred to me. (laughs) I bet. I bet. And I'll tell you, I have had several gentlemen on the show over the years. Um, There's always something about them that strikes me, um, that they understand the value and importance of um, bringing women into the fold when it comes to um, just leading, you know, leading the world across all industries and in politics, et cetera. And I believe I read an article, you were talking about equal pay, which is what prompted me to write my note. Um, you're also, as I mentioned before the show, a true rock star in my household. My husband has been listening to you for a very long time. And now my son, the next generation is as well. So I have a couple notes from them that I'm going to share later in the show. Um, but the first thing I wanted to ask you is if you can just talk a little bit about your upbringing in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. 
Uh, I uh, grew up uh, um, in a very, you know, wonderful household. Um, you know, mom and dad ran their own small business. Uh, I was the youngest of three, you know, two older brothers. And so being entrepreneurial was just, you know, in our blood because our parents ran their own business. My brother now runs uh, the family business. My other brother is uh, engaged in a variety of entrepreneurial activities in, in the music and healthcare fields. And so, uh, you know, it was wonderful growing up outside Philly and um, uh, went to school in South Jersey at back then, Glassboro State, now Rowan mm -hmm. University, uh, where I met Jean. Uh, she is um, now on the board uh, of trustees at Rowan and we're, we're very active at Rowan University philanthropically and, and in support of the school. And uh, upon graduation, we both came down to uh, the D.C. area. And we've been in the uh, Washington, D.C. metro area for 42 years now. Um, wow. So uh, um, just a, you know, just a great upbringing in, in South Jersey. We, we just loved it. Yeah. Tell me, Glassboro State College, was that a good fit for you? It really was. Uh, I didn't, you know, I went into college with the expectation of becoming a school teacher. Uh, I was going to be in secondary ed uh, and shifted over to communications uh, and just fell into the fact that Rowan Glassboro at the time had one of the uh, top schools in the country for public relations, communications, advertising, marketing, which really served me well. I was involved in politics. Uh, I was working for uh, interning for Jim Florio back when he was in the uh, House of Representatives, and went to Washington, D.C. to work on uh, his Capitol Hill staff. Uh, didn't like Capitol Hill, but loved the D.C. area, which is why we stayed. Uh, and I thought I was going to have a career in politics. Gene um, uh, and I were both very active politically uh, during our careers at Glassboro State. Gene was the first woman ever elected president of the Student Government Association in the school's wow. history. You need to have her on your show because yes. she is a yes. dynamo in her own right. Uh, and she hosts her own podcast as well. Uh, and she um, uh, has written a couple of books herself, including a children's book on money. And uh, so we have always really been focused on financial education and using my communications background uh, and Jean's degree in consumer economics and nutrition has really enabled us to build what became the largest investment advisory firm in the country. Well, you know, one of the things I love about your story is that you, you know, uh, you, as you said, you met Jean in college and you graduated and you were looking for a financial advisor yourself and just couldn't find a good one. And I think some of the most successful people solve a problem for themselves um, and then go on to, to find great success. Tell me yeah. about that experience. It, it, it certainly wasn't our intention to become financial advisors. Uh, as you noted, we were young newlyweds. I was writing uh, as I was a journalist and editor of several publications. And uh, that exposure made me realize, you know, that there is a financial planning environment out there and, and a variety of financial advisors. And so we realized being young newlyweds, we wanted to buy a house like everybody else. And we went to a financial advisor for assistance. Uh, to give us advice on how to go do that. And he ended up uh, telling us to commit a felony. He told us to lie on our mortgage application, wow. uh, which was just astonishing to us. We were, we were infuriated. And we realized, you know, if this guy can make this kind of a living, giving that kind of advice, how much money might you be able to earn if you give advice that actually helps people? 
Yeah. And that was the impetus. We said, you know what, we're going to teach ourselves how to do this. And then we're going to teach others what we've learned. And so Jean quit her job and went to work for Payne Weber in their back office to learn the back end of Wall Street. I got securities licensed and figured out how to give advice to consumers. Uh, and we launched our, our practice back in 1986. And we wanted to help people who didn't have access to financial advisors. You know, rich people have plenty of access. Uh, and the advisors and lawyers and accountants they go to are all designed to help them stay wealthy. We wanted to help people who weren't wealthy and who wanted to achieve financial security. And we were young and didn't have any money ourselves. And we realized there are other people who are young and don't have any money. And so we began by doing college planning seminars to elementary school PTA groups, teaching parents of kids and you know who are six and eight and 10 years old how to save for college. And this was back in the 80s and nobody knew the need for saving for 10 or 20 years for college. Uh, and so the uh, it was a long, slow progress, uh, but word got around uh, that we knew what we were talking about, that we were focused on helping people who didn't otherwise have access to uh, advice. And that's how we built our business. And you know what, Rick, I would add, um, you've done everything with great integrity. So there was that trust that people would trust you because, as you said, there's people out there doing things not in the right way. So if you can find someone that you trust, those lessons, you're going to follow them. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You have to have three things. One is competency. And I think everybody who hires anybody, whether you're walking into an Italian restaurant or taking your car in for a new tire or going to see a dentist, we assume competency. We assume that the people we're hiring know what they're doing and have a, the ability to do a good job. So the first is competency. The second is service. Um, you know, Just because you're a good dentist doesn't do the patient any good if the dentist never returns phone calls. Mm -hmm. So we rely on service at the end of the day, the responsiveness to our needs. Uh, and not everybody who's competent is good at delivering in service. And then the third element, as you've just said, Sue, is the honesty and trustworthiness of the operation. Uh, are you dealing fairly with the individual? And we found that all too often, businesses don't do that. When you look at the hierarchy, this is all too true in the financial services industry, where I've become quite a bit of an expert, that Wall Street has a three-step hierarchy. First are the shareholders. Second are the staff, the brokers in the office. And third, dead last, are the clients. And this is why you see so many instances of horrific advice being given to clients, expensive investments, uh, underperforming investments, highly risky investments, sometimes outright fraud. It's because the client is all too often considered to be the least important in this conversation. The broker's trying to make a commission. Uh, the firm is trying to make a profit for the shareholders. And the, the client, at the end of the day, is too often an afterthought. So we built our practice way back when. Gene and I were really very simple about it. We wanted to create a business that was the kind of a business that we would want to go to if we were a consumer. We obviously didn't find it from that crook of an advisor we went to. So we wanted a safe horizon. We wanted a safe oasis, a place that we would be protected against these abusive sales practices that are all too common in business uh, today. And we see this example, not just on Wall Street, we see it everywhere. Just most recently with Southwest Airlines during mm. the holidays that canceled 10,000 flights, far more than anybody else because of their uh, inability to operate honestly. They weren't being forthcoming with their customers about the problems they were having. 
and people were left stranded for days in the middle of the holiday season, far more than and no apology. No apology. There was almost like no acknowledgement of you know we we goofed. Which, exactly right. And so you know, one of the things mistakes. we learned very early is to say <laughs> I'm sorry if we make a mistake. Uh, the good news about our business in the world of personal finance, there's no mistake we can't fix because it's just money. It's not like medicine where a doctor can t kill you on the table. Yes. Um, for us, it's just money and, and I can fix any problem. And so our adage to our clients and to our staff was very simple. We can't fix a problem that we don't know about. So the only challenge we gave our staff and our clients was to tell us and are we at an adage that bad news travels fast? Uh, we want to know really quickly if there's a problem, if there's something's going wrong, because the sooner we know about it, the more easily we can fix it. The faster we can fix it, the more painlessly. And so we just always wanted to be treated by others uh, in a certain way. And we built our practice to treat people that way. And that's how we built a firm that was named the number one advisory firm in the country by Consumer Reports. It was named the number one firm in the nation by Barron's and by Forbes. Uh, we were named the best place to work multiple times by the Washington Post and several industry trade publications. Uh, so we, we built a, a fun practice uh, and it was really, um, we had a great time for 37 years. Yeah, I I want to do a little bragging on my husband for a minute because you mentioned uh, a dentist. Uh, my husband has a dental practice. Oh. It was started in 1952 Wow. Uh, by his dad. And he is practicing today. He has uh, a woman who just retired who was with him for 54 years. Oh, my. And his staff currently has been there between 25 and 40 years. And I think, you know, you told a story the other day about an experience you had, which was remarkable to my husband and I because of the fact that, you know, again, a mistake on their part no apology, no care um, that they, you know, they, it was disservice to you. And it's remarkable to me. And I think we're seeing a lot of that today. Um, you know, my husband has been incredibly successful for all of the things you just laid out um, and being conscientious and caring most about the patient's will lead to success. He's never had to market or advertise. Um, it's word of mouth continually. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about yourself. Take care of others and you'll be taken care of. It's really that simple. And, it is. And you write, cited a couple of statistics that are really worth noting because we had a similar situation. In our career uh, of 37 years, never in our career uh, did a financial advisor ever leave uh, to go to another firm. We had a few retire, um, a, a couple sadly passed away, but nobody ever left to go somewhere else. Our turnover rate in our practice was under 5% per year in an industry where it is typically about 30% per year. Mm -hmm. And we had people like you described in your husband's practice who were with us 20, 30 years. And that is a very good bellwether when you're looking for any advisory firm, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, <clears throat> your butcher, uh, your landscaper, how long have they been in business and how long have their staff been with them? Because if there's high turnover in the firm, it means these people are unhappy. It means they are themselves not being treated well by their employer. And mm -hmm. that says something. So yeah. when you have an organization where the employees have as much longevity as the owner of the business, that speaks volumes about the quality care 
and conduct of that organization. So kudos to your husband and yeah, his thank wife. you. Thank you. Um, Rick, I want to show you a book I have sitting here. <laughs> that's that's our children's book that Gene and I wrote. Uh, right. And I'm going to tell you, I said to my husband, I want to talk to Rick about the importance of teaching children about money. And as I've been saying that for a very, very long time, personally, because I, you know, did not have any kind of education um, or exposure to the importance of saving and investing and, and money just in general. And I think if we start with children, rather than just teaching math, yeah. it will have a huge impact on generations to follow. Why do you think the education system doesn't see the value in that? Uh, well, I can tell you very clearly why. It's a sad story um, all the way around. I've been heavily involved in financial literacy movement for my entire career. I've been involved with the Jumpstart Coalition on Personal Financial Literacy, the National Endowment for Financial Education, the Institute for Financial Literacy, the American Savings Education Council, the Employee Benefit Research Institute, a, a great many groups working really hard. I, in fact, founded the Funding Our Future Coalition, which is the largest coalition of all of these groups ever put together, more than 80 of these groups, all focusing on retirement security legislation on Capitol Hill. So I've been heavily involved in this movement for decades. And I'll tell you the, the, the sad reality. When you go to these meetings, uh, you'll find them uh, attended by representatives from academia, uh, from every branch of government, you'll see the Department of Education, of course, will be there. So will the Department of Commerce, Department of uh, even the Defense Department will be there, the IRS, Social Security Administration, the White House, members of Congress and their staffs from a variety of committees, the Senate Banking Committee, the House Financial Services Committee, all the usual suspects. You'll see major corporations there. Some of the biggest banks and brokerage firms, credit card companies, insurance companies will all be represented. They're often funding these operations philanthropically. Um, you know who's not in the room? The educators. Teachers. The, the teachers, the National Education Association, the teachers yeah. lobby. Uh, nobody from the education community is in the room. And that used to befuddle me because if the teachers are not in the room, then we're not going to be able to get this stuff taught in schools. Why are the teachers are not engaged? Hmm. And the answer is very discouraging. And it's not the teacher's fault. What the teachers argue, because I've had conversations with, uh, with officials in the education movement about this, the teachers are overwhelmed with unfunded mandates. They have so many obligations of subjects they are required to teach, mm -hmm. but for which they have no funding, federal or state, to deliver that education. So many challenges where they're eliminating physical education and music classes because of a lack of funding. Uh, and teachers themselves can only teach what they themselves know. And if they don't themselves don't have any knowledge of personal finance, how can they teach the subject? Mm -hmm. So they aren't involved because they're overwhelmed and we are underserving our educators. We're not giving them the tools, the funding, the resources they need to mm -hmm. be able to be participants in this topic. It's really very sad. Even today, less than half of the states have any requirement that a student take a personal finance class anywhere K through 12, less than half the states require it. And even in many of the states that do have a requirement, it's an optional class and there's no test required. So we clearly 
are not doing what we need to do. Because as you pointed out, Sue, you grew up not knowing much about money. That's true of everybody in America. Our parents don't talk to us about money. Money is the last taboo topic at the dinner table. Your parents will talk to you these days about sex, drugs, politics, religion, but they won't talk money. You don't know how much money your parents earn. You don't know what a tax return is. You've never heard of FICA. You get into college and you never have any classes on money, K through 12 or in college. Then you get into the workforce and your employer doesn't talk to you about money other than handing you a 401k piece of paper telling you, here's a bunch of investments, pick. No guidance or education. How about in an matters. interview, a job interview, the salary isn't mentioned till the last round, which could be round eight. Right. <laughs> You're not and supposed so to ask. Naturally, yeah. we are financially illiterate because we have had no training. And yet we are faced with financial decisions on a daily basis. And we're out of our league because the people we're talking to about money do have the training. That car salesman. Mm -hmm is a far better condition to pitch you a car than you're able to negotiate the price of the car. Yeah. When you're dealing with every financial decision, credit cards, bank accounts, insurance policies, investments, mortgages, wills and trusts, we have no knowledge about any of this and we're expected to make effective decisions. And as a result, most Americans are failing financially because we have a lack of knowledge in this area. Yeah. This is you the know, fight I've been I fighting hope that for you're decades. able to make some progress there, Rick. Um, well, I'm, a fe I'm fearful that we're not making a lot of progress. When you look at the survey data, the level of financial illiteracy is largely unchanged over the past four yeah. decades. We are as in, uh, uneducated about the subject as ever, and we don't see any major improvements happening um, anytime soon. There are some improvements that we've been able to make policy-wise. For example, you're automatically enrolled in a 401k when you join a job now. That didn't used to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're creating some forced savings, and that's helpful. Uh, we have improvements legislatively about job layoff and about uh, incomes. We're, for example, in, in uh, New York City and many states across the country, you're no longer, as an employer, allowed to ask a, a job applicant, how much money are you earning currently? We're not mm -hmm. allowed to ask because that's an unfair grounding Employers will say, oh, if you're only earning X, then I'm going to give you a very little bit, even though the job is worth a lot more. And this is a big problem why women are underpaid in the workplace. Yeah, which I want to get to that, Rick. We have to take a quick break. And maybe when we come back, we can start with that. Equal pay great. for women. I'll be right back with Rick Edelman, National Personal Financial Thought Leader. We'll be right back. We are CHOP and we can't wait to show you around. We're the nation's first children's hospital. Now, a care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center, 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first of its kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center, we have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, 
surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention. Our patients come from every state and 115 countries. Meeting these challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP. stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hi, and welcome back to the show. I'm joined this week by Rick Edelman. And just before the break, we spoke about equal pay for women. And of course, I want to ask you about that. I guess my question for you is why what can you tell me about companies and how they've been able to not pay women the same for the same work? And why I'm, is it even still a thing today? I'm astonished. I'm flabbergasted. I don't understand how it exists. I don't understand how it's allowed to exist. Why this isn't illegal is beyond me. Uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, in our enlightened age, in an age of full disclosure in the internet environment where everybody knows everything instantly, I am astonished that still today in virtually every industry, women are underpaid as much as 50% uh, compared to what men earn for the same occupation. There was a huge study done very recently of thousands of occupations at uh, tens of thousands of universities, and they tracked women who graduated five years ago with a given degree against men at the same college, the same degree, graduating in the same year, and in almost every field, men earning 20 to 50% more than women. I, I, I don't understand. Forget about the, even the legality, the, the fundamental ethics of this. How does an employer justify the behavior of saying to a job candidate, I'm going to pay you remarkably less, materially less, merely because of your gender. I, I, I'm, I, I'm flabbergasted. Are, are not enough people, you know, speaking loudly about it? I mean, I know, uh, I, I see and hear women that have been, you know, with major uh, Fortune 500s, and they've brought it to the attention, uh, you know, of of the company itself, and 
there just doesn't seem to be any real uh, permanent solutions. For well, it. The, unfortunately, ethics don't play a role. It's all about numbers and the employer uh, being a Fortune 500 publicly traded company. Remember, they, their allegiance is to their shareholder. That's number Correct. one. Yes. Staff's number two. Yes. And they want to lower their expenses as much as possible, wherever possible. And they can get away with it. They will. Mm. And so I think that we have a scenario, uh, and I'll say it's stereotypically, whether it has legitimacy or not, there's an, uh, an assumption that it does, that women are more tolerant of being abused in this way. And they aren't vocal about their own uh, net, their own worth and their own mm. value in the marketplace. They're more tolerant. Uh, I'm not sure if any of that is true. Uh, perhaps it's simply that they don't know that they're being underpaid uh, because we don't talk about incomes very much in this country. Many employers prohibit conversation of compensation within the workplace. And if you do talk about your comp, you get fired because yeah. they recognize it's an area of control. Hmm. So, you know, how did women eventually get the right to own property? How did they eventually get the right to vote? They mm -hmm. organized and they... Um, went on strike and they paraded down the streets of cities and in the and in capitals to demand the rights that they now have today. And this fundamental, what I uh, appears to be the last right, equal pay, I think we're going to need to have another revolt by women with enough men joining them to mm -hmm. change the laws and regulations of this country and the unethical behavior by far too many employers. We might have to do that. <laughs> I'll talk to you about that after the show. We'll talk about it. I'll a wave a banner with you. Okay. Um, something else I wanted to talk to you about because it's it's a very uh, it's a cause near and dear to my heart. I know you've been very very generous with your donations uh, to the Alzheimer's research. Um, I actually lost my mom to Alzheimer's, mm. her two sisters, oh and my grandfather. Oh, my. So it's at the forefront of my mind always. And mm. um, I guess my question for you is, is first, why? Why Alzheimer's uh, is something that you felt you wanted to um, be a part of, perhaps a cure? I'm so sorry of your family history there. Uh, lost my mom to Alzheimer's uh, during COVID as well. Um, but that was our first family um, incident. Um, we've been involved in the Alzheimer's fight for many, many years uh, because of our experience in our financial planning practice. We've seen so many instances where our clients uh, suffered uh, Alzheimer's uh, or their spouses or uh, family members, their parents very commonly uh, suffering Alzheimer's. And so we, we began to look into this because what we discovered is that Alzheimer's is the most expensive disease to treat. Um, with Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The, I didn't know that. The And I'll explain why. The likelihood of uh, developing Alzheimer's by age 60 is 1 in 10. Uh, there are some who develop early onset in their 40s. That's very rare. But by age 60, it's 1 in 10. By age 80, it's 1 in 3. By age 90, it's 1 in 2. Uh, my mom got it at 93. <clears throat> and um, currently, um, you know, we're advancing every other aspect of medicine in such a way that by, if you're alive in the year 2030, follow this, so if you're alive in the year 2030, odds are good you'll live to age 100. Because we are curing over the next decade or two, virtually all our other major causes of death pulmonary disease, respiratory illness, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, cancer itself. We haven't made any progress on Alzheimer's. In the 30-year fight, $40 billion has been spent. We have today no diagnostic tool. The only way we can tell that you've got Alzheimer's is by an autopsy, uh, which is a lousy way to find out mm. you have something. Mm. Um, there is no treatment. There is no cure. There's no vaccine. It's 100% fatal. The average length of the disease from onset of symptoms to death is 12 years. And these patients typically are ambulatory. You know, they have no physical ailment other than their mental uh, disruption, which means they're, they can walk around a house. They can turn on a stove. They can drive a car. They can pick up a firearm. Makes them very dangerous to themselves and others. And this is why the care is so expensive. They need 24-7 care for decade or more. Hmm. And uh, we have seen so much financial devastation among our clients. Forget about the emotional toll, the, the horror of the patient of losing themselves and their family, loved ones who watch this degeneration. It's horrible from a human perspective, an emotional and a medical perspective, but it is equally horrific from a financial perspective because the cost of this care can easily, easily be ten dollars to $15,000 per month, which is not covered by health insurance, nor is it covered by Medicare. And this is why we see so many American families financially destroyed. Uh, most of the care is being provided by family members on an unpaid basis. We see family members uh, retiring sooner than they otherwise would have, um, turning down promotions, going to part-time work, dipping into their own savings to help provide care for their parents. I'm sure you've had experience with your own mom. And this is just devastating. And it's a global problem because Alzheimer's does not discriminate geographically or based on race or based on occupation or education or affluency levels. There are 6 million Americans already having Alzheimer's. It's projected that number is going to grow to 50 million over the next thir three decades. Oh, my gosh. And it's going there to bankrupt, a, it's going to bankrupt Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and by extension, uh, the American economy. Uh, we've got to defeat this, and that's why we've been involved in this fight, finding a cure, finding treatment, finding service for caregivers. 
uh, along the way. And there was some good news this week about a drug that's been we approved. Do, yes, for the first which will time, cost a fortune, but yeah, we have yeah. Uh, Insi uh, and Biogen have had an FDA approval of a new drug uh, that reduces the rate of decline among mm-hmm. those who have early who have early symptoms of the disease. The problem is that the drug is twenty six thousand five hundred dollars a year. It's twenty two hundred dollars a month. The average social security check is 1700. So this drug costs more than the average retiree gets in social security. And Medicare as a result has refused to cover the drug. And as a result of that, it's out of reach of almost everybody who needs it. So the fact that the drug is out there is great. The problem is nobody has access to it because it is so expensive. Do you see that changing as often as the case when a drug first comes out, no one can afford it, and then years down the road, no? Not initially, because the cost of this drug is so expensive to produce, it's not expected that it's going to get cheap uh, anytime soon. And uh, Medicare is acknowledging they can't afford to give it to 6 million people because it'll bankrupt Medicare. They They would be spending more money to pay for that one drug than they pay for every other drug for every retiree in America. They simply can't afford it, not under its current funding levels. And so it's a big dilemma for Congress. This is why we need uh, treatments, cures, and vaccines that are far more economical. So we're glad to see the drug out there, but quite frankly, it's only going to serve the rich. Yeah. Okay. I want to shift gears. My son submitted a question for you. I thought it was a very thoughtful question for my 28-year-old son, who is actually with a startup company that's in the healthcare Uh, arena trying to help the middle market uh, with insurance and and high bills, I'll say. Um, He said, in my lifetime, I've seen only two major economic bubbles, the dot-com in 2000 and housing in 2008. What do you think could be next with medical bills being the number one cause of bankruptcy and student loans a constant issue and debate? Could either of these be the next to burst? Well, we never know when, when or what uh, or why until they happen. And it's usually with Monday morning quarterbacking, we look backward and decide what the what happened and why didn't we see it coming. Uh, we did have the dot-com bubble in 2000, as your son noted. That, however, followed the 1990s with the incredible increase of those technology stocks. So you, you can't have a bubble burst until you have a bubble in the first place. And then 2008 wasn't just a housing bubble. It was all of Wall Street. Uh, We saw the stock market fall to incredible depths, uh, as well as the bond market and the the housing market. It was a triple whammy. Uh, It took um, five years for the stock market to recover uh, to its all-time high from the 2007 high. And then we had another, your son has uh, omitted, the pandemic. Uh, Mm. that we went through. The stock market fell 35%. uh, And that um, uh, situation has led to the current situation where in 2022, we had uh, the worst year ever for the bond market. And when I say ever, I mean, since the invention of the bond market in 1792, the bond market had the worst year ever in 2022. The stock market fell just as much Uh, And housing prices began to drop as well. We will see more collapse of housing prices in 2023. Um, We have a lot of headwinds. Uh, The student loan crisis is a major problem. Uh, The overall federal deficit is a huge issue, along with the federal debt. 
Rising interest rates will mean the government is going to spend more money than ever in the debt service on the federal debt. Uh, and now we have a Congress uh, in the House where they are adamant with the November election that they are not going to increase uh, the government spending uh, because they want to get the debt under control. And that is going to put more pressure uh, on Congress and the White House to be able to pay the bills that we have for all of the challenges that we're facing in the world today. Wow. Um, so there are a lot of issues that we are facing, a lot of headwinds. Many are expecting a recession here in uh, the first half of 2023, which will put more pressure on salaries, on jobs, on housing prices, while we're spending more and more than ever on food, energy, education, and uh, medicine. Uh, so it's a bit of a challenge. But when will there be a huge blow up? I could argue with your son that we had it last year. And uh, economically or investment-wise, for the stock market, the bond market, uh, the crypto market, uh, the worst may be behind us. Okay. Well, that's that's good news after, you know, we look at a bleak picture. We only have a minute left, Rick. And I just wanted to leave you with one last question. Tell me what you are most grateful for because of the success you have had um, and for your ability to do uh what you can. Well, what, what... I would say it's it's my parents, my wife, uh, my education at Rowan University, and being incredibly lucky that I was born in the United States of America, which is the greatest country in the world and uh, provides still truly the land of opportunity. And had I not been born to this wonderful family and met this wonderful wife, and being in this wonderful country, I would not have the success that I have today. And so clearly, I'm an extraordinarily lucky individual. That's awesome. That's a great way to end the show. Um, I thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate you know the wonderful partnership that you have with Jean. Um, and that's just a fine example. You know, when we talk about women's equality and, and success, um, I think you're both showing that in, in such a great way with the partnership that's not just husband and wife. So Indeed. kudos to you and uh, please send her my regards. Hope she's feeling better. Thank you so much, Sue. It's been a pleasure. Stay with us as we go into our break. When we come back, you'll hear from Sherry Morrison. She's going to be with Arielle Ashford, the founder of a brand new vegan and non-alcoholic bar in Philadelphia. We'll be right back. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true, whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank. Here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome to the Lifestyle Segment of Women to Watch. I'm Sherry Morrison. Today I have the pleasure of introducing Ariel Ashford, entrepreneur and co-founder of quite a few businesses. Welcome to the show, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Ariel, please tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to I get into all of your businesses, but first tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and your education. So my name is Ariel Ashford. I'm originally from Provo, Utah. Uh, my husband and I moved here about seven years ago, maybe eight now. And I studied social work at the University of Utah, who just lost to Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Oh, we are. We are. <laughs> a little conflicted, probably, since you're a little PA and a little Utah. Yeah, it was a, a meeting of worlds. So it was it was an interesting space to be in. I bet. I bet. Arielle and her husband, Robert, put the unity in community. You and your husband have a lot of energy and drive. How did you meet? Oh, so this is a good story. We actually met in 2015 when I was speaking at the White House. I was a speaker for the substance abuse wait, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. They were doing a joint meeting with the Office of National Drug Control Policy. And long story short, I was working on a grant in Salt Lake and the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration liked the work I was doing. And so I was in grad school at the time and I got a call from the White House asking me for my bio. So I asked my teacher if I could be excused and she said, yes, anyway. <laughs> I ended up at the White House in 2015, and my husband was in the audience when I was speaking. And yeah, that's how we met, and just kind of together ever since. Well, that's a fun story. So you moved from Utah to San Diego and then to Philadelphia. What brought you to Philadelphia? Well, he did. <laughs> he got into uh, UPenn for his master's degree in social work. and even though I was living in San Diego at the time, you can't really say no to UPenn. So we moved here to, to Philadelphia and stayed. Wow, what a change. Yeah, just a little From bit. both Utah and San Diego. Wow, <laughs> Philadelphia and down by Penn. Yikes, you are a city slicker. Yes. Uh, no. I, did, I did put a little list together. I think it's best to read so it's accurate. Uh, this is a timeline of businesses Ariel and Robert started since 2019. Uh, their first was the Unity Recovery opening in 2019, 
and that was founded to be an inclusive recovery community organization and community center for everyone. Um, they offer non-clinical peer-based recovery support services in the community to support individuals and family members on their paths to recovery. And then next in 2019, pretty much the same time from what uh, Ariel said, the Unity Yoga, uh, also in Maniunk, uh, opened, and that is sharing the Unity Recovery Building with separate entrances to support its services and, and offer a few more. And then the second location for Unity Yoga opened in Chestnut Hill in 2020. And then Unity Taqueria opened next on Ridge Avenue in Roxboro. Uh, that was in 2020. And most recently in March, Volstead of Unity, a zero-proof bar and 100% vegan restaurant opened in on Main Street in Maniunk. Uh, coming this spring, Unity Java on Ridge Avenue in Roxboro. Woo! Wow, what a list. Like, do you ever sleep? <laughs> tell yes. us. Yes. Tell us. Okay, that's good. Tell us a little bit about your business ventures. Um, after your husband finished grad school, you opened the first of the businesses, Unity Recovery and Unity Yoga. What's the story behind Unity Recovery? Sure. So this um, concept was something that I was chewing on in, when I lived in San Diego. Um, my husband and I are both in recovery. I will have 14 years at the end of this month, and he's coming up on 10 years. Wow. Uh, so we're both embedded in the national recovery community, and we had a pretty good lay of the land of what services were available and what services were not available. And at the time when we opened in 2019, there was not a formal relationship between recovery and yoga. You might find people in recovery and yoga classes and you might find yoga in treatment centers, but nothing that was for um, maybe more of a little seasoned yogi who was in recovery, who was looking for a, a place that they could call their own. So the concept, actually, I presented it to Robert when we were walking our doggy in West Philly about putting a recovery community organization and a yoga studio officially together. There's been partnerships with uh, CrossFit and recovery. So why not yoga for those of us who are not maybe into CrossFit? So this idea was really birthed in West Philadelphia. And um we began looking for spaces, which needed to be, uh, we were looking for something fairly particular and in a, you know, fun part of town. We wanted to be local and, and in a central location, not off the beaten path. Um, it's also very rare to find anything that's recovery related on Main Street in a major city. So this was Maniunk, Main Street and Maniunk was a huge pull and draw for us. So we opened Unity Yoga and Unity Recovery um, in 2019, and at first they were co-located in the same building. The yoga studio was on the second floor and the community center on the third floor. And then during the pandemic, the community center, there was so much need, and it was so great that they actually relocated in 2021 to just down the street. We still cooperate and use them quite frequently as the yoga studio. And they have a beautiful 4,000 square foot location. It's where our recovery yoga classes are held. Um, folks can drop in at any point in time, receive services. It's all for free. It's not, um, there's no fee for service. It's not insurance. It's a hundred percent free. We're all grant and donation funded. That's fantastic. 
Yeah, and you're right. It is very unusual to see anything that has to do with recovery uh, on the main street or in the mainstream of what's going on in a city. It's usually down in a church basement or hidden away. Um, I, I've attended quite a few uh, AA meetings, and um, yeah, they're they're not they're not usually in nice locations where you're going to see a bunch of people and bump into them. They're kind of secretive. Mm -hmm. um, in 2020, you opened Unity Taqueria in Roxborough. There must be a story about that because I don't think that uh, sounds like you're into yoga and social work, not so much tacos. <laughs> well, being from my husband being from Texas and myself being from Utah and then living in San Diego, we're very accustomed to some really great um, Mexican food. And my husband's a great cook who is also, you know, grew up on Tex-Mex. So when we were living, well, we live in Roxborough now and sampled the local taco shops, we just were looking for something a little different. And so I jokingly said to my husband, hey, we should open a taco shop. And <laughs> the pandemic, he said to me, what's, hey, I'm going to look at places for the taco shop. And I was like, oh, okay. He makes great enchiladas. I highly recommend stopping by the taco shop. If you're looking for a bold flavor, that's maybe has a little different spin. I definitely will. That's so funny. Um, and then most recently, you opened Volstead by Unity, a zero-proof bar and 100% vegan restaurant. What was the idea behind this concept? So this was uh, this is our biggest venture to date so far. We're very excited about it. And it's uh, bringing back some old stories for my husband. He wanted to open a bar when he was um, not sober called the Volstead, which was the act that brought about prohibition. So it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a punny name. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. now being in recovery and not drinking anymore, we wanted to create a space where once again, folks either in recovery, pregnant or nursing moms, folks that might have a religious background that maybe don't drink or people that just don't drink or drinking less, or we have dry January going on right now and sober October. And how can we create a space that's for these people? That's not nothing, not that there's anything wrong with going to a bar. If that's your thing, that's awesome. There are people who are looking for something a little different and how, why can't we be the ones to create those spaces where folks can come and have a great meal that's nutritious, it's nourishing, it's good for the planet, it's good for your body, and have a zero-proof drink, which is also good for your body as well. Yeah, yeah. And your aim is to have 80% of your staff be individuals in recovery from substance abuse, have mental health issues, or re-enter the workforce after being incarcerated? Yes, that is our hiring guidelines, our hiring principles. Um, anybody who's in recovery, returning from incarceration, um, we love these people so dearly. They're some of our best friends. Um, and we want to support them in their life and whatever that looks like. And we hope that they grow out of us. We hope that they grow out and find that job of their dreams. And how can we support them along this journey? It's truly amazing. They are, we have the best team between the yoga studio, the taco shop, the Volstead, the community center, um, they're so passionate about their work and supporting this, 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 our crazy dreams and our crazy ideas. And we wouldn't be anything without our team. Uh, I think, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's good to always think outside of the box. You know, everybody can do the norm. Dry J January has been happening for the last couple of years. I feel like drinking alcohol is becoming more than just not drinking alcohol is becoming more than just a trend. Um, and I hear more people talking about not drinking more people, 
um, being in the public eye discussing it and giving it up for many different reasons, not because they're alcoholics, but because of their health, because of finances. I mean, there are just so many reasons. And it is a healthier lifestyle. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. It's a much healthier lifestyle. Um, and now you see mocktails, you know, it's, it's in the Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary. So it must be something that's like developing. Um, and, and I think it's nice that people have options without being looked down on. I think it's strange if I go to a party and I don't want to have a drink, people are like, oh, you're not drinking. What's the matter with you? Like, it's a problem. So, um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing with the community, your unity in community. Um, really, really great. Uh, we're running out of time. I'm sorry. It always flies by. <laughs> I'm very excited for you and Robert. And I think that what you're doing is inspiring. You're creating a lot of opportunities in a lifestyle and community that people wouldn't have the nerve to do and doing an excellent job with fantastic results. So thank you for all you do. And thank you for taking the time to join us here today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure being here. My pleasure. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to check back in. I'm going to be reporting on what's going on there. And I think you do private events. At, uh, yeah, yeah, we do. And anybody looking for a baby shower or wedding shower or recovery birthday, come on down to the Volstead. We'd love to host you. Excellent. I will. Um, for more information about REL and the Unity Businesses, the Uni Unity Recovery, Unity Yoga, Unity Tecray, Volstead by Unity and Unity Java coming soon, go to www.volsteadzeroproof.com or www.unityrecovery.org or www.unityyoga.guru. Thank you again for joining us. Sue will be right back to close out the show. Ladies, keep living your dreams. Action News, celebrating 50 years with AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, 
and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Everyone, for another week of Women to Watch, thanks so much for being with me. Uh, tune in next week. I'll be interviewing Jin, uh, Jin Lee, excuse me, health advisor for Estellas Pharmaceuticals. Thank you so much to Kateri, our producer, and our watch team for all their contributions. Have a great week, everyone. Now, the Women to Watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. In the military, we have something called an After Action Review, or AAR for short. It's a simple but effective model to measure performance. After completing a mission, the soldiers and I would gather to answer five questions before we conducted our next mission. What was planned to happen? What actually happened? What worked well? What didn't work well? And how can we improve for the next mission? For me, the week between Christmas and New Year's Day is as much about looking backward as it is envisioning the future. So every year, I use this quiet time to conduct a personal AAR. These Carol reviews offer perspective and take a new lens to look at where I, my family, and my teams are now and where we can go in the future. The hope is that the information gleaned will shape how we go about our business and our lives in the year to come. Now, every service knows the most thorough, well-thought-out plan goes out the window once a mission starts. This isn't to say that the time spent planning was worthless, far from it. But like any New Year's resolution or quarterly business strategy, things change. But going through the planning helps us adjust to unforeseen dynamics. So long as we're okay, the path taking a few turns on the journey will be okay. From all of us here at Comcast NBC Universal, we wish you a happy new year and a wonderful start to your 2023. Your weather is in the forecast, and you can trust Action News to keep you informed. No hype, just help. Cecily Tynan, Adam Joseph, and the AccuWeather team. Philadelphia's most trusted source for winter weather forecasting, only on Action News. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.